0: protests in guatemala choke off exports widespread political protests in guatemala have engulfed central america's most populous nation with demonstrators closing roads choking exports and causing shortages of fuel and food indigenous leaders student groups and unions are demanding the resignation of the country's Attorney General, following claims by President-Elect Bernardo Arevalo that she and other prosecutors are plotting a coup against him. The presidential election Arevalo won by a landslide in August has been marked by judicial challenges and allegations of fraud against him and his party. Arevalo's surprise victory followed a campaign focused on combating endemic corruption. On Monday, protesters left a large dam and water plant serving Guatemala City after occupying it for a week in Malacatán, near the border with Mexico. A demonstrator was killed and two others wounded by unknown gunmen after protesters refused to lift a road blockade, a local firefighter group said. Road closures have caused exporters about $366 million in losses according to Guatemalan trade group, Ajaxport. Dozens of wholesale food markets and shops in the capital have closed in protest, residents said. Hundreds of demonstrators have occupied the entrance of the Attorney General office headquarters. Guatemala's interior minister resigned Monday after he refused to repress demonstrators. They are seeking to remove a democratically elected leader, said Luis Pacheco. Quiche Mayan, who represents 48 indigenous poor communities in Western Guatemala, that are leading protests against Attorney General Consuelo Porras. The attorney general's office says, Its investigations don't aim to prevent Arevalo from taking office. Protests erupted on October 2nd, days after prosecutors raided the headquarters of Guatemala's electoral court and seized ballot certificates as part of a criminal inquiry into alleged electoral fraud. The probe relates to the alleged manipulation of the computer system that processed the results of this year's elections, a senior government official said. Guatemalan prosecutors are expected to bring charges soon, he said. Election observers said they found no incidence of fraud or manipulation, and prosecutors haven't presented detailed evidence. France. Three airports and palace evacuated. The palace of Versailles and three airports in cities across France were evacuated for security reasons and temporarily closed Wednesday, the latest in a spate of evacuations in the past five days around France. The former royal chateau of Versailles apologized to visitors for forcing them to evacuate from the sumptuous 17th-century palace for security reasons. The tourist attraction said on X that it reopened hours later after checks Meanwhile, three airports in the cities of Lyon, Toulouse, and Lille received emailed threats Wednesday, police said, without elaborating. The airports all reopened after security checks. The threats have so far proved false. Government spokesman Olivier Véran said the multiple security alerts and evacuations must not grip France with fear. Vigilance, yes. Fear, no, he said. Jean Arnaud's Field of Dreams Jean Arnaud was standing in a gilded mirrored room of Paris's Musée d'Orsay showing off Louis Vuitton's newest watch model to a clutch of experts one July morning. The thin unisex watch, named the tambour, is available in finishes including stainless steel, yellow gold, and rose gold, he explains, and was the result of almost two years of work. But the most valuable tambour in the building wasn't on display with the others. It was on Arnaud's wrist. His version was made of a rare metal, tantalum. Tantalum gave the watch its gunmetal color, though the metal's hardness also meant that the watch took twice as much time to manufacture. This made it insanely expensive when he bought it, Arnaud told me, though he refused to reveal what he paid. We're only going to make one, Arnaud 24 adds. That's it. It's the only one. Jean, the youngest son of LVMH. Chief Bernard Arnault, has been fascinated by the opportunity in rare materials watches for a while. The Swiss watchmaker Audemars Piguet began using tantalum in some of its watches, including the Royal Oak, beginning in the 1980s, before the younger Arnaud was even born. Incredible watches, he says. Some have rose gold accents. Stunning. But he says he wouldn't feel comfortable selling a simpler, three-hand watch like the Tambour to the general public for anything near the eye-watering price he paid for his. Even though it costs us that much, it would be taking the client for a fool, he says. When Arnaud joined Louis Vuitton's watches division as marketing and development director two years ago, Louis Vuitton watches ran a wide gamut. They ranged from watches costing hundreds of thousands of dollars to quartz timepieces that sold for around 4000 These are something that could be done by a machine almost, says Arnaud, sitting in his corner office at the Louis Vuitton headquarters in Paris's first arrondissement, overlooking the Pont Neuf. On a shelf is an 18th century French clock and a limited edition Mark Newsom designed hourglass with blue steel nanoballs, made in collaboration with De Bethune. Now Arnaud has decided to eliminate the entry-level tambour. His thinking was that instead of producing more affordable collections, Louis Vuitton needed to play in a different class. So the new iteration of the timepiece ranges in price from 1850 18,500 to 52,000, putting it in competition with similar creations from the likes of Audemars Piguet and Vacheron Constantin. Nearly a third of the Tambour's watch case has been shaved off, making it much sleeker. Inside, there is a proprietary movement made in collaboration with Le Cirque des Horlogers, a Specialist movement workshop just outside La Chaux de Fonds, Switzerland. The average price of a Louis Vuitton timepiece overall will jump fivefold to over 20,000. Watches currently account for a tiny fraction of Louis Vuitton's sales, meaning Arnaud can afford to take a risk. We're not going to make a ton of money with this he says of the company's strategic about-face, it's not going to be highly profitable at all, but it really is about making sure that we switch the message completely. Founded as a trunk manufacturer by a French carpenter in 1854, Louis Vuitton has successfully expanded into categories like high fashion, menswear, jewelry, and fragrances. Building a pedigree in watchmaking, which Louis Vuitton embarked on only two decades ago, is particularly challenging. Watch fans are deeply conservative, with models that have been around for decades, like the Rolex Daytona, the Omega Speedmaster, or Admar Piguet's Royal Oak, still among the best sellers globally. Vacheron Constantin's origins traced back to 1755, while Patek Philippe was founded in 1839. Rolex has been around since 1905. Craig Carger, a former lawyer in New York City, who collects watches and runs the blog Wrist Enthusiast, said Louis Vuitton faces an uphill battle in competing with Rolex, Patek Philippe, and Audemars Piguet. I wouldn't personally invest 19,000 euros in a steel Louis Vuitton watch, as nice it is, as it is, Carger says. Louis Vuitton is hardly alone in moving up market in recent years, says Jeff Fowler, CEO of e commerce watch website Hodinkee. K. The trend in the Swiss watch industry is clear. There are fewer watches for sale, and those that are for sale cost more. In a part, a reaction to the introduction of the popular Apple watch in 2015, says Fowler. The watch was so successful and ubiquitous, he explains, that it brought renewed consumer focus on timepieces and resulted in the Swiss watch industry regrouping around higher-end products. In 2002 even as the value of exported <clears throat> Swiss watches soared about 26% over that in 2017, the volume of those same exports declined. Some 35% fewer watches shipped during that five-year period, according to a Swiss Industry Association. Vuitton is going to have to build demand up over time, says Valier. It's not given to you. Jean Arnaud is closely watched in the luxury industry. He is the fifth child of Bernard Arnault, the 74-year-old who built LVMH over the past four decades by buying up rival luxury firms while cultivating generations of designers. In recent years, the company has ridden a global surge of demand for luxury goods. This has cemented its position as one of the most valuable listed companies in Europe. It has also helped the elder Arnaud, who is CEO and controlling shareholder, compete with Elon Musk for the title of the world's richest person. Jean Arnaud grew up in the west of Paris, attending a prestigious Jesuit school where one of his teachers was Brigitte Macron, now the wife of French President Emmanuel Macron. Like his siblings, he was carefully introduced to the family business, joining his father on his Saturday morning rounds to the group's main boutiques. He would also tag along on official LVMH trips, including to China. As a teenager, however, Arnaud was into cars, planes, and engines. He used to tell his family that he wanted a career in Formula One. But when he worked at the McLaren Technology Center while studying mechanical engineering at Imperial College London, he realized it wasn't the place for him. You work at the end of the day for something, which is making tenths of a second of gains for a car to go around a track, he says. There's a lot of moving parts. I realized then that I wanted to work on the product as a whole. Bernard Arnault has always encouraged his children to pursue their interests, starting with their early roles at the conglomerate. Delphine, his oldest child, had an eye for product development and spent some time at John Galliano's eponymous label before joining Dior. Antoine, who loves literature, worked in the advertising department at Louis Vuitton. Alexandre brought contemporary artists to Remoa, when he was CEO. For Jean, the passion was watches. During his journey to McLaren in Woking, a sleepy town an hour outside of London, Jean used the time to delve into blogs about mechanical watches. He then did his fourth year project on a component of Taghor's watches. The Swiss brand is also part of the LVMH empire and is run by his older brother, Frederick. The two of them would frequently discuss the watch industry, as well as Frederick's business plans, and he even allowed Jean to work on a few mechanisms. Etc., etc., since each tambour will now be entirely handmade, Arnaud says production of the tambour would be more in the hundreds than the thousands. At a summer gala to celebrate the launch of the tambour held at the Musée d'Orsay, Arnaud was surrounded by partygoers and stars, including Alicia Vikander, Michael Fassbender, and Bradley Cooper who appears in the new ad campaign to promote the tambour. Signs of the brand's success were everywhere. Outside the museum, a giant billboard hung on the side of the museum, showing Rihanna and her baby bump in a Louis Vuitton ad campaign. This is the pinnacle of what we can do, and the beginning of an amazing journey are now told those gathered. Hopefully you'll remember this moment, as a historic moment for us.